0: Welcome to Word of Life Family Church where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in progress.
1: If you have that, you can follow along with me. I'm going to share uh, some things, and I, had to pol- I have to apologize, sort of. Um, because I had every intention to, um, that to, last week was going to be our last installment of the series that we've been over the last few weeks. And uh, how many know that you can have a plan and God has a plan and we should always submit to his plan. And, uh, and so I've decided to do that. That's a good thing, right? Uh, and so it's the only way we should be. Not always easy, but nevertheless. And so we're going to continue with this series and uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, I was like, well, maybe this is the end. I don't know. So I'm not going to say that anymore out of fear of, you know, telling a fib. So uh, we'll just we'll just go to another installment here. So we're, we're talking about, we've been talking about living in your presence. Now, if you're here for the first time or you haven't been here for a while, don't worry. Each message has its own weight in gold by itself. It's okay. God's good that way. Uh, but there is an opportunity to see. You can watch back. Um, we do have an online Welcome eCampus. We thank you so much for that. And uh, we also have a podcast, all of that, so you can you can listen to that and see that. So you can go back, and I would encourage you to do that, but don't worry, you're not going to miss anything, because today we're going to be talking about his praise. How many love praise? Right? How many love to be praised? I'm going to, let's be honest. Right? I mean, we don't run a race to be like, oh, I don't want anyone to notice that I won. Right? Come on, let's be honest. We, we all like praise and uh, we all like some recognition at times. And of course, we need to make sure we keep that in, in balance and all of those kind of things. But we're going to talk a little bit about praise today. And I want to say something very bold that I believe, as we're talking about living in his presence, I believe one of the most important, if not the important, most important key to his presence, living in his presence... Having the manifest praises of God in our lives, walking in that, I believe, I'm telling you, the end of the, the, the message is this, it's in his praise. It's in praising him, and we want to look at that today, and so we're going to look at some scripture today to kind of see if we can support that truth, I'll, I'll guarantee it's there. We're going to look at Acts chapter 16, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look through there if you have your, you know, electronic devices um, you can do that as well, but we're looking at Acts chapter 16. Most of you know this story, uh, but I'm going to remind you um, This this is the story or the passage of where we hear what happened with Paul and Silas when they were thrown in the prison um, And so we're going to be looking and reading and, and hearing this and I'll just give you, you know Give you the the, the the end of the story is they won God moved his presence was amazing and, uh, but we're going to look at see where, where they got So chapter 16 uh, I'm gonna, We're going to start reading in verse 23 But I wanted to kind of give you Maybe a jump start So you kind of had um, kind of an update of the events Leading up to why they found themselves in prison As you're turning there Keep turning, we'll get there I promise uh, uh, In chapter 16 it starts off with Paul and Silas And they are he- walking down the road They're headed to church Going to go pray, going to do the things of God, and while they're on their way, um, they're confronted with a a young girl that uh, the Bible um, describes as possessed, uh, a fortune teller kind of a thing. And so, and she is not only this, but she is kind of following them around and as walking, and she's kind of antagonizing them. Now, she's saying the right things, but how many know you can say the right things with the wrong heart? And and this is what she's doing. She's like, yeah, they're so great. You know, this is not what she said. This is just my cliff notes of how she said it. They're great. They're mighty. Yeah, all of this. But they don't really, she wasn't really sincere. She was just trying to draw attention, period. And so finally, Paul and Silas, Paul gets a little bothered, I think. I I don't know how it works. So just compelled by the Holy Spirit and stops her and basically casts this spirit out of her. And so now she's free. Now I want to remind you of something. The Bible says that it's the spirit that was in her. It wasn't her. It was the spirit in her. I think that's important. I know it's a bunny trail, but I want to remind us that sometimes people do bad things, but they're not bad people. There's just a spirit that's trying to drive them. So we don't slap the person. We slap the the individual that's trying to lead them and guide them that's going in the wrong direction. Remember that, right? That's just a reminder. Okay. So they speak to this thing and they say, Listen, you get out, and they she does, and she's free. So the problem was is that she, because she had this gift of foretelling a future, others were using her. She was a slave girl and they were using her for their benefit. So they were losing they would lose money now because she couldn't do what they had hired her to do. So they're upset. Yeah, how do you know that when you mess with your bank account, that's upsetting? Oh, there's a couple things that usually really infuriate us, messing with our kids and messing with our money, right? And this is what happened. This, is, this person was messing with their money, and so anyway, they kind of make a big deal about it. Basically what they do is they decide, you know what, we're going to get them. And so they decided they are going to say that Paul and Silas were totally disrupting the place. The only thing they disrupted was their bank account their billfolds, but they were disruptive. And so the crowd gets behind them and gets angry. And so, long story short, they throw them in prison. So now we're at 16, verse 22. Verse 22 of of Acts chapter 16 says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and to be beaten. Verse 23, after they had been severely flogged, They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Verse 24, upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So I'll just give you, remember, the atmosphere they're entering into is extremely depressing. Uh, I've never been in jail, but even if I had been, I can guarantee that our modern jails are nothing compared to what they experienced there. There were very dungeness, if you will. Talk about cobwebs <laughs> and bats and snakes or whatever. Yeah, I mean it was just an ugly, cold, harsh place. And about tw- about midnight verse 25, about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a violent earthquake that, that, that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Praise God. Now, I think you're starting to connect the dots here. To see the prison was horrendous. The people, Paul and Silas, were in pain. They were in a desperate situation. Their bodies had been beaten, probably bloody, for sure sore. You know, if I, you know, rake the yard too long, I'm sore. I can't imagine being beat. And here they are, finding themselves beaten, thrown in prison, falsely accused, I might add, because they honestly didn't do anything wrong except for do the things of of the will of God. Anyone ever felt that way before? Where you're going to God, you're doing the things, and all of a sudden it seems like, man, you just get blindsided, you just get hit, impacted from the things of, of the enemy. And this is where they found themselves. What what and, and, and as they do this, now this is the thing, while they're doing this, feeling this way, somehow, some way, we know by the Holy Spirit, but the reminder of that they begin to kick into a praise and worship set in the middle of prison. Now I don't know about you, but that's pretty miraculous. Because I've never been beaten. I've not been thrown in prison. I've not been spat. I haven't been chained to a wall. Haven't done any of those things. And yet I have found myself in a place where I didn't feel like oh woe is me, I don't want to worship or praise. But somehow they found Within them, an opportunity. The end of the story is that suddenly, somebody say suddenly, Suddenly. There, there was an earthquake and it shook the prison doors. The doors flung open and the bonds that held them no longer held them. The gates that stopped them from getting out were no longer stopping them. Not only for them, but all who were listening. Now I want to talk about that for a minute. Imagine that for a second. Because it's one thing to say, okay, I'm gonna worship God, but understand that they're in the middle of a jail cell with others. How strange would that have felt? How strange would that would have seemed? I'm sure that wasn't the normal playlist in the dungeon, praising God. <laughs> right? But yet they 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 listened. It says they were listening. I say this because listen, in the world we're gonna go and we've been we've been so beautifully blessed, as Brian mentioned, we can remember all all the, the creation that God is and, and the fact that we're able to get up and we can have a church to come to. All of these things, all of these blessings and, and but also understand that sometimes we feel imprisoned by some of the things of this world. Sometimes it's it it's you know, I've said last week, a lot of things come from either the enemy or our flesh. Uh, and and we, we can see this combat that happens. But, but here they find themselves in a place where they begin to sing praises. Now I want you to notice something that's interesting. They didn't praise God because of where they were. And they weren't asking God, hey, can you show up so we can praise you? you notice that what they did is they began to pray and sing hymns to him and it was in that that the doors began to fly open. See, this is the truth. Through praise, not only were their hearts encouraged, but the manifest presence shook that jail cell. And so I, I, I want you to remind yourself this thing now God says this we I mentioned this this morning already in Psalms chapter 22 verse 3 this is where we get the verse God inhabits the praises of his people I want you to see that this is this story this this passage this inside track of what happened with Paul and Silas is the testimony of what God spoke about that truth in Psalms That's it's lived out right here the cool thing is it's not the only place. In fact, this word is riddled with that truth over and over and over and over again. The Bible says inhabits the praises of his people. Inhabit is a Hebrew word that's used called Yashab. Now, I, I've mentioned before I always slaughter these names because I didn't I'm not I don't you know, I barely can speak English, much less Hebrew and Greek, but nevertheless, yeshab and it means this: inhabit, means this. It means to sit down, or 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 you could say to park, or to be rooted, to be firmed, uh, 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 like like firm concrete. Like you ever stuck something in the concrete, and it's just stuck there. This is really the heart of this inhabitation, what, what he's saying. is saying God inhabits and so he parks there. So in other words, God dwells or he manifests his presence in the atmosphere of praise. Do you see that? So praise causes this 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 ripple effect, if you will. Now what it does is it, it causes an effect of faith which brings us into the power and the presence of of God, there's really two parts of praise. There's, there's lots of parts of praise. In fact, uh, I, I was gonna call Pastor Tara on the. Um, I want I want us in the next couple of weeks to to preach the praise praise message again. That was so good. I don't know if you remember it, but it bears getting repeated. All the different things of praise. But I want to remind you of praise. Praise is a really big word, because it's more than just what we think. There's two parts of praise. That I wanted to point out. The purpose of praise is to invite God into your environment. So, so praise. It's in praise that he, we are inviting God to manifest in our place. In the environment. Change the atmosphere. That, the effect of that praise is the presence of God at work in our life. Let me say that again. Because it's really pivotal. This is really important. Because often we say this, you know, God, if you just do this, I'd praise you. Man, if you would just take care of this issue or that problem, I, I, I know I could serve you well. And, and we have good heart intention with that. I get that. But understand that according to the Word, according to what God is trying to reveal, He's saying that it takes praise first. And the effect of that praise is God working in our life. Do you see that? And so praise is really two different words. It can mean completely different because it, it, it's us taking action by faith. And it's in by the, walking by that faith that God moves. Do you see that? Now this is so important. Now I don't have a whole lot to say after this because this is the main point. Because so much of our life, and, and I don't normally, we don't normally do it. Maybe and in, in, we know better, except for when we're in a place where we're hard pressed. Or, or I'll say, I know better, but when I'm hard pressed, this is a really tough word to remember. But it's life changing. It's life changing because it's truth. It's not a good idea. It's actually the order in which God created. When we get this, when we can completely saturate ourselves with this understanding, I'm telling you, it will revolutionize our life. It'll change it. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. And there always will be a struggle. There's always the enemy that's trying to counteract the revelation of God by bringing circumstance, things that look, don't appear as they are. But the truth is the truth. And the promise is absolute. That if we praise, the purpose of praise is to invite. So again, we need to change our minds because I'm thinking that when something's is going well or something you do good because we're trained that way you like i said earlier you run a race you did really well you want praise for it but we have to run the race for the praise does that make sense and so here we are flipping it over and saying i'm gonna say so it would be like this you're gonna run a race all right and after you're at the starting gate and all of a sudden, everybody that was there to cheer you on is congratulating you on your well your well ran race. Hey, good job! Way to go, man! You really stuck to him. I mean, well, I didn't run it yet. Now it's I'm telling you, it's backwards. But see, God is right, and our understanding, human understanding, is most often wrong. And that's why Paul reminds us to renew our minds to the things of the Word, to the things of God. Because it just doesn't make sense in our own human understanding, but greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world, and you've been given a mind of Christ through Christ Jesus. And I want that. We need that. And so this is really what it's saying. When we are, when we, so basically, when we praise, when we begin to praise, we are by faith praising. We're not praising for the problem. We're praising through the problem. We're praising in spite of that thing. And that's the the amount the Bible says in um. Oh, I should find it. Hold that thought. In Psalms chapter 100 verse 4. It says, "Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise." Now I want to read for you the message translation of that same verse because I, I appreciate what it does, how, how it reads this. Please hold. The same verse. It says, enter. His, remember it said, enter his gates with praise. His courts with thanksgiving or backwards. But this says, enter With the password, thank you. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourself at home talking praise. Thanking Him. Worshipping Him. For God will reveal Himself strong. So I said, "Praise is a pivotal word. It's it's life changing. And for me, this rocked my world. And I believe it. God wants to rock your world in a very great way. He wants to flip some things over. But He flips these over so that we see the real truth." And he promises that he's there in the middle of it. Praise is not merely a reaction from coming into his presence. Praise is the vehicle which brings his presence. Now, earlier in our in our messages, I talked we talked about his worship, and so I want to differentiate. Yeah, I can't say the words, but describe that worship versus praise. Because worship is is amazing, and worship is is because worship is really placing, uh, uh, worshipping God, honoring Him, putting Him in a place. But worship is also is often done in a way that we when we worship we hear Him. Okay, we're we're placing ourselves. In, in his presence we're, we're we're saying we're surrendering of what we think we are and all of that because when you get in his I said when you get in his presence you realize how small we are how big he is how awesome he is right and we, and we worship him and and so understand that worship is is still part of this but worship is a different deal because worship helps us to kind of stay in him and hear him and walk with him and all of that praise is the is the precursor to that because praise is puts us in a position in a place so that we're so enamored and so amazed and excited about who God is that we turn it to worship and now we can hear his voice you see how it works together it's, it's synonymous it has to work together praise is the entry to his presence it's the vehicle when we praise God we agree when we're praising we're agreeing that he already has the answer That we don't. When we praise, we are saying, the one who created heaven and earth, the one that created me, the one that created all things, knows more than I do. That's what, it, what it's saying. It's a surrender, it's a sacrifice. In fact, Scripture says, bring the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's more of a sacrifice than others. I can say this, as you continue to mature and walk in it and and, and navigate through this process and and mature in it, it becomes less of a sacrifice. It becomes a little more automatic. But if you ever think you're just going to make it there all of the time, no, no, no. It becomes easier at times, but then the enemy will sometimes use another angle, all those kind of things. He's a punk. He's not going to give up. He's lost, but he's not going to give up. So two parts of praise, right? We invite, the purpose is to invite him. The effect of praise is this. It's not, and and, uh, I had this example. I don't know if this is a good example or not. The plane, an airplane. Just as the wind and speed provide the lift for for it to rise likewise praise and worship elevates god us into god's presence it takes it takes praise and worship it takes the wind and the lift those principles those those things and and those things I'll remind you I'm I'm not a pilot but I will remind you this that what I do know is that this process this This um, law of physics Defies the law of gravity And so what I'm saying Is that maybe there's a law of this world Of how things work But God always defies the law of this world He overcomes it And praise and worship is that answer It's not the only answer But it's sure a big one much of uh, our challenge and our issues and things aren't about the news, it's about how we respond to that news that places us in in, a position where we begin to spiral. So if we place ourselves reminding ourselves of this principle of praise, this purpose of praise, and the ripple effect that comes with praise, it will help squash those times When the enemy sneaks in and steals, kills, and destroys our joy or peace or those kinds of things. So I have five things I want to to list today. So we know that praise initiates God's presence and his power. So there's five things I'm going to bring up and then we're going to close early. Jesus' name. Some of you have been here too long, you know better. I said that praise initiates God's presence and his power. What's it bring? What's it initiate? What does it unleash? There's five things we're going to look at. It's based on what we see from this story of Paul and Silas. Number one, the first thing is, if you have your hand out, it's really easy. The answer's at the bottom if you fall asleep during it. Number one, God's presence. God's presence brings joy. God's presence brings joy. David, some of you know David. He was a worshiper. He was a praiser. And much of the Psalms, not all, but much of Psalms, he wrote these Psalms and he began to worship God in challenge, challenging times. In fact, the majority of the, the Psalms that he wrote, he wrote while he was hard-pressed, while he was facing enemies and challenges. But if you notice, some of them, You would never think that. You would never find that in the beginning. For instance, in Psalms chapter 100. It's not on the screen. You'll have to just write it down. Psalms 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth worship the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs know that the Lord is God who has made us and we are his and we are his people and his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give praise to him thanks to him for he is good and his love endures forever you know he wrote this while he was being chased down to be murdered but he figured out some things that praise initiates God's presence. And he needed the manifest presence of God in his life to overcome what he was currently facing. I'll read you another. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Extol, ex, extol him with music and song again he is being chased psalms chapter 16 verse 11 says this this is on your screen if you have made known to me the path of life you will find me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand the joy of the lord is our strength we need we need God's strength. We need his strength. We need his strength to resist the enemy. We need his strength to resist our flesh. We need the, we need the strength of God to resist the circumstances that are around us, the things that don't line up in the natural with what we know is to be right and wrong. We need we need the God the strength of God to heal, to be restored. And it comes through His presence. And His presence is initiated through praise. And it brings us joy. Number two is that God's presence gives us rest. The presence of God brings rest. Doesn't mean we sit on the bench and just cower. The real meaning of rest in this way is really powerful, actually. The meaning of rest in God's way... Is that I can sit armored up, rest knowing that the enemy is under my feet. And I am strengthened by joy. And I can rest in the truth that God's got my back. That's powerful. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 and 30 says it this way. Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me and I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I need light burdens. I need the yoke of the Father that leads me and guides me so gently, so beautifully that I can just rest that He's leading me in the right place. I don't have to fight Him. I can rest in Him. Number three, God's presence brings peace. The presence of God, the manifest presence, being in his presence brings peace. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, at first you're like, I don't understand what this means. But remember, the context is, They're getting ready to go over the other side, but there's a great storm that's rising up while they're going there. And see, God already declared they're getting to the other side. God already declared that we get to the other side. When I'm in his presence, even when the winds and the waves arise, tossing the boat to and fro, Jesus' example is he's hanging out in the same boat that the disciples are hanging out that's being tipped, probably taking on water at times. And you know what he's doing? Sleeping. The ultimate testimony of rest, of peace. He was peacefully sleeping. Now, he wasn't sleeping because he was on, not on the scene. He was sleeping because he had peace because of the presence of God. He knew his orders. He knew the destiny. He knew what was to be done. The Word already established it. And so he just had peace in the midst of the storm. When you're in his presence, we think like Jesus. We'll act like Jesus. We'll mimic Jesus. We are Christians, christ He brings peace. Number four, God's pre- presence brings blessing. Sometimes we have a hard time with the blessing part because we're not worthy. We don't receive, and I, there's lots of teachings about blessings, and probably could be wrong teachings or, or teachings. Sorry, Oklahoma coming out at me. There, there's there's been. Let me say it this way: There's probably been false understandings more than there's been false teachings. But nevertheless. Blessings are something that God wants us to have. He doesn't want us to seek him for the blessing. But he promises that we seek him, we'll receive blessing. Last week I, we, we, we brought the scripture that says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. The blessings. So we can receive the blessings in his presence. Please don't misunderstand. We don't seek the blessings to be in his presence. We go to the Father. And that's the result of seeking the Father, is the blessing. In Psalms chapter 65, verse 4, it says Blessed are those who choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with good things of your house. Of your holy temple. What's it saying? It's saying when we come, he just begins to fill us up. We're blessed. Don't push it away. Receive it. Don't get prideful because of it. But accept it. Receive it. And in fact, let it overflow out of you. So that you can minister out of that overflow. So that you can use the blessing of God and what he's done in your life in whatever avenue. And blessings are funny because blessings, in reality, it, it has less to do with the actual blessing and more the measurement of the blessing. In other words, um, you know, I, I've, I'm really blessed that we're able to live in this house. But it's, it's an awesome, amazing house. We don't own our own home, and sometimes you get kind of, oh, man, I'm doing my own home and equity and yada, yada, all of that stuff. And then you remember that when I was in, in Mexico one time, I was ministering, and they were really proud of their cardboard box. Because the other guy, their other family, they didn't have one. So so blessing is, is, the measure of blessing is not about the thing, it's about the heart behind the blessing. Now the cool thing is God doesn't want us to be in cardboard boxes, but if we are, he's with us in that. And if we keep our heart right, we'll celebrate. That's the best cardboard box ever. Paul says it this way, he says, I've learned to be content in all things having more than enough or being in lack that's really abiding in his blessing that's really abiding in his blessing but that only happens if we stay in his presence and we get there by praising him the fifth thing this is a little bit longer so I'll talk faster the fifth thing is that God's presence brings Power. Somebody say power. Power. I like power. Uh, This week, uh, John, he we had a couple trees that needed to get knocked down, uh, and because they were they were dead. You know what was cool about it? He brought his power saw, (laughs) chainsaw. It was cool. I was like, yeah, I like that thing. That's pretty amazing. Cuts through that thing like butter. I like power. I like power because when it gets when it gets really really cold around here, I like that I can turn on the power and I have heat. Praise God. We like power. But in the context of of God, we think that power should be shunned or shouldn't be held just like blessings, but God uses His power in us. That's the Holy Spirit that He puts in us because He wants us to dwell in it, walk in it, use it, apply it. He doesn't want us to use the hand tools when there's the power tools. Now all the men are like, yeah, that's right. Honey, we need another power tool. Because that's why we buy power tools. That's why we do these Sunday do lists so we can get another tool. It works. It helps her. It helps me. We're good. Power is good, and we, we should want it. Now, power, if we receive it in the wrong way for and, and let it move to pride, that's where we find our place in the wrong place. And that's what happened to Lucifer. We talked about That in the past. So I want us to talk about power. Talk about what power brings. What the power is that God brings. Is the power that he protects. And gives us security. Mm -hmm. See when we receive his power. We receive the security. Of the protector. Now I, I think you'll probably see. All of these work together. All of the four. Work with the fifth. And vice versa. Psalms chapter 91. Most of us know this scripture. I'm going to start reading from verse 9. Psalms 91 says If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, when no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will con- command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. His presence brings power. Protection and security. It goes on to say that you will lift your hand so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the, the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him if he acknowledges my name. By the way, that word acknowledge is a root word, a phrase. God's so cool Verse 15 says He will call on me And I will answer I'll be with him in trouble And I'll deliver him And honor him With long life Will I satisfy him And show him my salvation God's power brings protection And security It brings dominion Over the environment his power, we need it because it brings dominion over our environment. About midnight, Paul and Silas, we read it already. We're praying and singing the hymns, and the other person, were are listening to them. And all of a sudden, somebody say all of a sudden. I'm ready for all of a sudden in my life. How about you? All of a sudden, the, 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 the prison, the foundations begin to shake. The prison doors flew open. That's pretty powerful. God's presence brings power. It brings protection and security. It brings dominion over our environment. It also disarms the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. His power vindicates us. Genesis chapter 39 verse 20 and 21 says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison and placed where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. He was vindicated. In fact, not only was he pulled out of prison but now after this you have to read this whole thing he was promoted to like number two in all the land talk about vindication God's power will vindicate you we're going to close here I'm going to ask you to bow your heads Because this is what the Holy Spirit, I sense the Holy Spirit saying was that some of us, at some point, at some time, we try to vindicate on our own measure, on our own right. And we see times in our life when we we recognize injustices that have been done. And I guess the Holy Spirit just said this. My son and my daughter, I see and hear, and I'm with. I'll vindicate you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. I want to give you rest. I want to vindicate you. Father, I pray today as we praise you, which we think is totally backwards in our own mind, that if I need you, I'm going to praise you. If if I don't need you, I'm going to praise you. That I'll praise you at all times. And that those times when I'm hard pressed, I will decide to praise you because I need you. Your wind. We need your lift so we can be elevated above that circumstance. God, we thank you. I thank you for the weapon of praise that's been given to us to use, to flex, to apply. I pray that this week over the next coming weeks and days that we would remember to flex that praise, that power that you've given us, that rest, that peace, the blessing. Father, I thank you that we rest in the power of you, Father. And now I pray that over each person today. That they would get revelation of that. So they might receive the joy, the rest, the peace, the blessing and the power of you. Today. In Jesus name. Thank you God for giving us the key to unlock. To your presence. May we use it and apply it. In Jesus name. Amen and amen you stand with me I don't want to end today without the opportunity to make sure that we know That God did all of this Provided all of these things for the believer So that we could be overcomers in Christ The catch is it has to come in Christ We need a savior. We need salvation in our lives. And the Bible says that he lived and he he walked this world and he took the punishment that we should have as humans received. But rather he took it on himself, lived blameless, sinless, gave his life so that we could have connection back with our Father. When he gave his life It sealed the deal It conquered death Destruction Sin and death And then He rose again So that not only can we have salvation Eternal life But we could also have a life more abundant Here on earth That we could walk through these things Here right now That they're not just promised for the sweet By and by but they're also available for the here and now But we need to receive Jesus So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads And If you've not invited Christ into your life it's, it's so simple, it's so beautiful God made it easy in that He said if you will believe in your heart Confess with your mouth There's not a specific kind of confession Just to believe that Yes, I can't do it my, alone I need you And I surrender to you to believe that he is going to do what he says he's going to do and he's going to come into your life He's going to radically change your life That's all it takes So I'm going to ask you today To invite Jesus into your heart Into your mind If you said I've done it already Cool You can't do it too much It's a good reminder If you've done it before but have fallen away or kind of walked out from underneath the shadow of the Almighty, God's reminding you, guess what? I didn't move. You did. My arms are still wide open. Come into my lap. Come to me. So if that's you, I want you to receive him again. Now we're going to do it together as a body of Christ. We're going to pray a prayer together. But if you're seeing it for the first time or reminding, please tell somebody about it. Me? Great. I want to pray with you but if someone else, but make sure that you don't hide your light. Let it shine. Let it be known. So let's pray this prayer. Pray this with me. Say, Father God Thank you for being God. Awesome. Mighty. Amazing. Thank you For sending Jesus I receive you now Lord Jesus As God's son Into my life I lay down my own ways I receive yours I receive you now Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. One of my favorite verses, the Bible says that one just one, just one, just one, even if just one says yes to him. And it's cool because it's not like they have, to, yeah, yeah, I did it. If one just like, yeah, God's there. But it says that all heaven rejoices when just one Heaven's got to have some important things to be done. But they stop everything for this one decision. That's something to be celebrated. And that's a a beautiful picture. A brilliant picture of who God is. How much he loves us and cares for us. Amen? That's worth shouting about. That's worth celebrating about. So on the count of three, we're going to clap our hands. Not because, not the golf clap. There's not much golf clapping at my golf game, anyway. But we're going to give God what gods do. And maybe, just maybe, in that moment right now that you begin to praise by faith, by instruction, I believe, as we've been talking about, that will unleash the manifestation of whatever you need in your life will happen. In this moment, in this time Do you believe it? It's God's word I could pre preach it if you want So we get it again We'll stay for another We'll, we'll do a second service No, I'm kidding On account count of three Let's begin to praise him Hey, Brian, would you do me a favor? Will you get on the drums And let's disrupt a little He's got to go get his sweats Or what? what? Oh, he's, I thought he was going to go change Because I, I don't want it to just be this, oh, that was a good way to end. I want it to radically shake the foundations of every prison door, every, every, every stronghold that's trying to hold. Let's just activate what we just learned today. Amen? By faith. You're like, I don't know, Pastor. Just do it by faith. And watch. I promise, watch. God... I might disappoint, but God never does. So on the count of three, are you ready? We're going to praise. You can shout. You can clap. You can scream, but don't scare me. Do whatever you need to do, but really let it rise up within you. You ready? One. Come on. You ready? 2 Come on. Come on online church. I want to hear you from here. Are you ready? 3
0: Hallelujah!
1: You are awesome. We praise you, God. We worship you, God. You are king. You are Lord. Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah! Yeah! Jesus We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today and may the Lord richly bless you.